Good evening, listeners, and welcome along to Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll, on this Friday, the 19th of January 2024. On this week's edition of the show, we're going to be looking ahead to all the weekend sport. As always, this week, we're particular focus on the Harty Cup action tomorrow, both Nina CBS and Thurla CBS in Harty Cup semi-finals. We're also going to be looking ahead to a busy weekend of soccer in the county with three Tipperary teams in the last 32 of the FAI Junior Cup this weekend. And we're also going to be looking ahead to the weekend's Greyhound Racing as always with Barry Drake and on this week's Sporting Edge feature it's Samantha Lambert former Tipperary ladies football captain we're going to be talking to her about her work in uh, the world of retention rates in terms of keeping uh, women playing sports uh, for longer she's involved in a number of initiatives there and we're also going to ask her about the start of the league for the Tipperary ladies footballers which gets underway on Sunday at 2 o'clock so the inter-county season is really starting to ramp up so we're going to be looking ahead to the ladies footballers later in the show so all that is coming up but as I said we are going to start with the Harty Cup Thurlis CBS and Nina CBS both in semi-final actions this weekend first up at half past 12 in Kilmallock uh, on Saturday Thurlis CBS take on Artskull Reach and I'm delighted to say I'm joined on the line by Thurlis CBS manager Eamon Buckley Eamon you're welcome back to the show Thanks, Paul. Um, Eamon, you had a, a great win last weekend in the quarterfinal, um, a 221-117 win over St. Flannan's. Uh, they had a lot of um, kind of clear uh, minor winners uh, on their team. And as do this Ardskull Reach team that you're, you're playing on um, Saturday at half past 12 in Kilmallock. So uh, at this this stage of the competition, the, the standard levels don't really drop at all. So a, a, another difficult task here on Saturday. Yeah, um, as you said, it uh, was it was a, a good win there last last week against Flannans. Um, you know, but the fact uh, maybe like all the previous year, the fact that there's so many uh, clear minor All Ireland winners in their in their ranks, you know, they were really uh, confident, I suppose, going into it. But um, no, the lads approached it really well, uh, went at it from the start, and um, delighted to get back into kind of the the business end again into the. The Saturday matches into the semi-final, and as you said, our score reach. It's actually funny enough, you know. Usually, it's kind of a, a, a stronghold of Limerick, but it's nearly 50-50 the the Arscore reach team of Limerick and Clare hurlers. So um, they have a fair mix there between the two counties. So look, hopefully, we go at it again with the right attitude. And if the boys, you know, as they've done all year, if they, they show the same character and determination, hopefully, we can we can try and get over the line. Yeah, I think I read that it was nine uh, Clare uh, lads started for Ardskull last week. So um, very much a, a mix of the of the two counties. But for yourselves, of course, last the, the final last year against Cashel. But have ye many players from that team still? I know the likes of, of Robbie Ryan and uh, Bill Flanagan, Evan Morrison, a few more um, just off the top of my head. But it, it is, is it a similar team to last year or is it a new team or, or is there many, many new faces? Yeah, it's kind of a new enough team again. Um, I suppose of the, the team that started the final last year, there's only three starters from that final. Now, there's a couple of lads that came on and, you know, we've got a few other lads that were on the panel last year. So, look, that experience has done to them, hopefully, um, of these big matches. But, um, yeah, it's a new team and they're trying to, you know, create a new new name for themselves as well. And um, so far, as I said, we've been really happy with their attitude and and. You know, we're lucky enough, I suppose, with the with the clubs that we have surrounding us here. As we say, we, you know, we'll always have good hurlers coming into third CBS. So um, once we show the right attitude, go at it the right way, hopefully then we have a chance, you know. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great testament to everyone involved from the clubs um, and, and to yourselves in there as well that, you know, back-to-back years, you're, you're down the, the business end. But 
I suppose last year for those players that involved, even the, the lads on the outside, it probably serves as a, a, a an easy motivation in terms of right losing by a point in in the final. You the immediate thing you want to do is get back get back there and win it. So I'd imagine that their squad has probably been motivated throughout this campaign. Yeah, um, I suppose what you're saying. Yeah, I suppose anytime you lose, I suppose it does motivate you. But um, I think the big thing from last year is just, I suppose, once we got to that, it was just amazing the support we got from, as you said, the local clubs, the the buzz around the school, and I think that's the big thing. We, we you know, the buzz that was around here for those few weeks was, was unbelievable. So um, I think that's the feeling that we're we're trying to get back to, rather than using the hurt from from losing the match. You know. Um, we've no complaints losing the match. We played the better team one. That's that's fine. So it's just trying to get that that buzz back. And and you saw how how the people of Mid Tipperary and the surrounds were were buzzing for that hearty final. We just love to get back there again. Yeah, and it's just a uh, sixty minutes uh, away here now for for both yourselves and, and Nina CBS, who are also in action on Saturday. Uh, as I said, you're against Kilmallock, uh, or sorry, against Ardskull Reach in Kilmallock at half past twelve. Um, just reflecting back then on, on last week, uh, some of your forwards, uh, Cormac Fitzpatrick, I think scored one ten on the day. Robbie Ryan with five points. So, um, other than that, though, there's there's players around the field. I think there were seven or eight scores in general. So. It seems to be a nice, strong blend of a of a strong team throughout the the backs and the forwards. Yeah, um, no, definitely, and all year long we've had a different spread of scores there as well. Um, it's been different lads stepping up on different days. So, um, no, look, the team are playing. We're, we've been doing things the right way so far. You know, the man in the best position gets the ball, and as long as we stay doing that, uh, no matter who gets the scores, then on on Saturday, uh, we're happy. You know. And can I ask you about uh, training at the minute? Because it's a it is a quick turnaround of just a, what is it a, just over a week from from the yeah. the last game. So, like with with the way the weather's been the last week and freezing pitches and freezing conditions, has uh, preparations been made a, a little bit more difficult? It's been it has been a little bit tricky. Yeah, um, but I suppose at this stage, when there is only the the kind of ten days between matches, you're probably doing very little anyway. As in, you know, the first session was maybe a bit of recovery we, we got one good session in there on Monday alright and I suppose you're kind of tapering down then again uh, closer closer to Saturday so um, yeah the weather has been a challenge but I think it's, it's meant to break for, for Saturday and, and there should be no problem with the pitches hopefully yeah it seems to be that the temperatures will be, will be rising anyway but that could bring other difficult conditions in terms of, uh, of yeah. wet and, and things like that but um, just finally yeah Ardskull um of course, a, a well-established team in the in the latter stages of the Hearty Cup. As we mentioned, they've they've plenty of the All Ireland winning um, Clare miners in the ranks. But have you been able to see them? Do you kind of know what you're coming up against here on Saturday? Um, I suppose we haven't been here. Our, our match has been on the same time. We have the the video of the the match from Clubber, all right. But um, yeah, look, it's going to be a massive challenge again. Uh, I think I was looking back there, like either our school have either won the competition or been bet by the team that won the competition over the last, I think it's 10 years. So like they, they have been the real standard bears in Munster and it's up to us now to try and uh, step up and, and try and um, try and match that. So yeah, it's going to be a massive challenge and hopefully we'll, we'll give a good account for ourselves. Yeah, well, we wish you the very best luck. I think everyone in Tip is uh, uh, eager to see this third of CBS team back into a, a Hearty Cup final, as with uh, Nina CBS as well. It would be it would be the dream scenario again if it was to happen two years in a row. So, Eamon, I wish uh, you and all the squad the very best of luck, and thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate that.
Eamon Buckley there, the Thurla CBS manager, speaking to us ahead of tomorrow's semi-final against Ardscore Reach. Reminder, half past 12, throw on time in Kilmallock for that one. And now joining me on the line to look ahead to the Nina CBS game, which gets underway at 2 o'clock in Capamore against Charleville CBS. I'm delighted to say I'm joined on the line by Tipperary Stars Enda Tracy. Enda, welcome back to the show. Hi, Paul. Um, Enda, we're going to have a look at this uh, Nina CBS game. We just spoke to uh, Eamon Buckley, the third of CBS uh, manager, just a few moments ago. So we'll switch focus to the Nina game now, and we're both uh, past pupils of Nina CBS. And it's it's strangely enough, it's a it's school that's never won the Hearty Cup, but has uh, competed in the final about just what was about 12, 12, 13 years ago, um, back when, when Jason Ford was in there. But since then, haven't been back to the final. So this is a, it's a big day for the school here tomorrow. It's a big occasion, yeah, and um, obviously we have the yeah the benefit of having beaten the teams are playing, obviously uh, from the group stages. So just represents a massive chance for the school to get the Hearty Cup final, and uh, probably a school that's underachieved with some of the, the very good players and teams that have gone through over the last twenty, thirty years. Um, you know, even Jack Morris's team there was star studded there about five or six years ago, and they never managed to get to that stage. So. You know, it represents a huge chance and once you get to a final, anything can happen. Yeah, and if ever there was a competition that kind of shows anything can happen, it's the Hearty Cup. It always kind of throws up surprises every couple of years. But as you mentioned, um, Nina CBS have played Charleville CBS uh, in the group stages, a 1-12 to 1-8 win on the day for Nina. But it was a, a goal in injury time that really kind of stretched the lead there. So it's there's ne- ne- on the looks of it, it's not going to be too much between these two teams. No, I was at that game in uh, Milik. It was the first round and both teams were just getting underway. Um, you know, it can be tough there at the start of the year when you're trying to meld together a, a new group of players and there probably wasn't much training or game time under the belt. But uh, it was a horrible day in Milik. It's, it's hard to judge either team on the day. It was very, it was very heavy underground and uh, it was just hard to get any good hurling going. But uh, Nina and Fairness, they dug it out at the end. And they've improved steadily as the as the games have come. So, you know, it'll be it'll be a big confidence boost to them knowing that they've beaten this team already. So, um, I don't know what the weather is meant to be like. It's I think it's not meant to be great, but I, I can imagine that at least Nina will have a bit better weather to do a bit more hurling because they have got hurlers across the pitch. Yeah, and like they're. They're surely going in the right direction in terms of momentum-wise with the Dean Ryan Cup winning team there um, last month or, or the month before. and That's at the under-17 grade. And then, of course, the quarter-final win there just about 10 days ago against uh, CBC Cork was a 16-17 point victory there for Nina. So they're definitely heading in the right direction, but it's probably, you know, it's all about keeping that momentum going here. Absolutely. and uh, we, we, know, we know ourselves, Paul, after being in the school, you know, you don't get these chances too often. Um, when you're getting to this stage of the competition, you want to be taking full advantage of it. And they've got great hurlers there, and they definitely have the potential to get to a final. Uh, Darren McCarthy, Owen Dunn, Danny Quinn, um, Mason Cawley, Kieran Foley, like, there's a lot of good hurlers there. and um, They definitely have the equal of, of uh, Charleville, if not the beating of them. So they'll want to put their best foot forward anyway, whatever happens. They don't want to go out on a disappointing note and not having turned up. So... Um, I'm not sure what the pitch is like in Capamore, but if conditions are anyway good, I'd, I'd expect Mina to be good enough to win the game if they if they produce their best. And someone who's kind of been instrumental for for Nina this year is uh, Darren McCarthy. Um, we've obviously heard a lot about him with with Toome last year, and 
Um, you're you're a two man, so you're well used to seeing him play and things like that. So it's probably he's one of the most important players for this Nina team. I think believe he's the captain as well. So we'll be hoping that he has a good game here tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, Dara's the talisman of the team, I suppose. And uh, over the last year, he's just developed into a serious player. Um, great attitude and fairness to him. And he, he doesn't shirk the leadership responsibilities either. He, he had a couple of bad wides in the first half of the quarterfinal, but it didn't stop him um, going for scores at the, in the second half. And he ended up with, I think, three points from play, uh, plus whatever freeze he hit. So he's the scoring, he's the scoring leader on the team. And, you know, if Dara hurls well... Um, it can bring it can it can uh, bring confidence to the rest of the players and um, Dara at his best at this grade, you'd imagine he'll be very hard to stop. So um, look, if if Dara goes well and the team are in decent decent shape, they've they've every chance of getting to a final. And wouldn't it be great if uh, if they could do the business and Turles could do the business and we have another all tip final in a few weeks time? It'd be great. Yeah, and what what's your take so on on the two games? Do you think that this is a we have a chance maybe of going to two, uh, two all-Tipperary finals in a row? There's a great chance, yeah. You know, look, I, I don't want to jinx either team now by, by talking to two of them, but I've seen them both a couple of times this year, and I, I just think Turles are, are the strongest team in it. Um, and they're going to be playing an art school team that are very uh, very strong themselves and have plenty of inter-county experience, and they're pulling from East Clare and the county Limerick, so they've got great players there, and... I just feel Turles, there's a bit of hunger there. There's a lot of players left over from the team that lost the Hearty Cup last year. And um, just Robbie Ryan and Cormac Fitzpatrick are playing out of their skin, but they've a very balanced team all around in fairness. So I'd expect Turles maybe to squeeze out of that by a two, point or two in a tight match. And I think if Nina show up at all, I think they, they should have enough to beat Charleville. So... It could be an all-tip final, and fingers crossed it will be. Yeah, please, God. So thanks, uh, Enda Tracy, for joining us on Across the Line. Thanks, Paul. Enda Tracy there from the Tipperary Star, giving his thoughts on those upcoming Hearty Cup semi-finals, both getting underway tomorrow afternoon. Now it's time for our first ad break. We're going to be looking ahead to the weekend soccer after these. And you're very welcome back to part two of Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll, on this Friday, January 19th, 2024. Now, as I said, we're going to be look, focusing on the weekend soccer now with three Tipperary teams in the FAI Junior Cup last 32 fifth round games taking place this weekend. At first up tomorrow at two o'clock up in Dublin, Hardwick United are taking on St. Michael's. And then on Sunday at two o'clock, two home games for the Tipperary teams, Peak Villa hosting Crumlin United and Clonmel Celtic hosting Malahide. So to look ahead to those games, I'm delighted to say I'm joined on the line by Barry Ryan. Barry, you're welcome to the show. Hi, Paul. Barry, we've uh, three... Massive FAI Cup uh, last 32 uh, fifth round games here to look forward to including Tipperary teams. One on Saturday, two on Sunday. Uh, we'll start on Saturday, two o'clock uh, up in Dublin. Hardwick United host uh, St. Michael's. So um, St. Michael's, of course, uh, were got all the way to the, the final last year and are looking to progress on through the tournament again uh, this year. Um, they were afforded the a chance to rest a couple of players last weekend against Tumal Boris in the in the league and, and still won five one. So they're a very experienced team, a very experienced kind of club in terms of uh, dealing with uh, plenty of games. So they should be well prepared, but it's not going to be an easy test uh, uh, on the run or on the, on the, on the run up in Dublin. 
No, and look, there was a lot easier ties in this last last 32 round draw than Hardwick away. It's a really, really sticky game for St. Michael's. And look, they'll be well aware of that as well, and they'll do their homework. They were up there watching them last week against Sheriff. Hardwick were down the weekend to watch St. Michael's. Now, how much Hardwick learned at the weekend with so many rotations in the Michael's team as well, um, we'll have to see. But... I think even the fact, you know, that Michael's rotated, it shows that the squad that they have in still 1-5-1, they will have huge options um, off the line on Sunday or on Saturday. And I have a feeling that's what might get them over the line. And going up to it myself, I'm really looking forward to it. But I think, say, Michael's have the ability on 60-65 minutes to roll the bench, make a couple of changes in midfield, make a couple of changes at the top end of the pitch. And that's huge in these games because there's such intensity in it. Um, Hardwick as well, for me, their best players are all at the attacking end of the pitch. Travis Flood, Murta, Kane Byrne, um, Gary Byrne attacking midfield number 10. I just wonder, in terms of defensively, will they have dealt with a side like St. Michael's? The Dublin AOL is nowhere near as strong as it was 10, 15 years ago. And St. Michael's will ask them a lot of different questions. And even in terms of the surface that they play on, it's almost like a hockey pitch. It's a really fast astroturf. And their game is very much built around that. It's neat and tidy and it's all attack and play. But in terms of set pieces and particularly defending set pieces, they're the questions I think St. Michael's will ask them that I'm not sure they'll have the answers for. And I think, albeit a banana skin, I think St. Michael's will do enough to get through. Yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of a team that's nearly built for kind of cup games as well, St. Michael's. You know, they're, they're hard to break down, good on set pieces, all that sort of thing. So um, that's going to be an interesting one, especially on that surface. But uh, you, you were just saying to me um, just off air as well that like the in the in terms of the the bookmakers that uh, Hardwick have have come in from a, a six to one to three to one. So there's obviously a bit of belief in this team up in the the Dublin side of the country. Yeah, look, Anto Perry is a very experienced manager, the manager at Hardwick, and he's never too shy um, in terms of letting people know what he thinks. And he's been very bullish about this tie um, in terms of he thinks that they can take on St. Michael's. He feels they can beat St. Michael's. Um, I'm not so sure, but I would certainly agree that that they will certainly give them a game and they cause them problems. And look, we've seen these things in the FAI before. Anything can happen. Um, But... That that kind of there is that feel from Hardwick that they really really fancy it and look the the betness they've come in from six to one into three to one and um, so there's obviously a lot of people up in Dublin as well also feel that they can do it um, but it'll be a rip roaring contest I can guarantee you that yeah so that's two o'clock on Saturday we've two games uh, on Sunday at two o'clock they're both here in Tipperary Peak Villa uh, Thurles uh, hosting Crumlin United and Clamell Celtic at home to Malahide so it's all uh, it's all Tip versus Dublin here this weekend so for Peak Villa first a uh, home tie against uh, Crumlin United but Peak have a, a few injuries you were telling me on Monday um, following last weekend yeah, look, they're certainly going to be without their talisman, Pippi Carroll, which is absolutely huge. There's no point in saying any different. And uh, He contributes so much at the top end of the pitch in terms of the goals and assists. Um, and he would have been the player that Crumlin would have feared most. Um, Keith Cal, then, who was absolutely instrumental in the way they play and making things happen and kind of opening up teams and very hard to be, very elusive on the pitch, very hard to pick up. He drifts into really good spaces. He was out last weekend with a hamstring injury. The fact he didn't come on and do 10 or 15 minutes, which you would ideally want coming into FBI weekend, would make you worry about his availability for this coming weekend. But I would imagine with Pippi out, they will do everything to try and have Keith on the pitch. That will be really, really important. Uh, Evan McCormick then at the back, I'm not sure what his situation is. Is he back? Uh, he'll be instrumental as well. So all of those little issues, are it's really not the ideal preparation for such a big game. But I just feel that, you know, in terms of they've been a little bit lucky with the draw. It's a home draw. It's Crumlin United's second team, their senior team, playing the Intermediate League in Dublin. So I would still imagine at home, if you feel like they can galvanise themselves and have as strong a team as they can have on the pitch, 
you would expect that they would just do enough to get over the line, albeit they'd rather, you know, be going into it with their full deck. Yeah, no, that's uh, it's unfortunate because any time you're looking at the scores of games uh, every weekend with, with Peak Villa, Pippi Carroll's name is one that pops up almost every weekend. So missing someone like him is just a huge loss. Yeah, look, there's every team probably, you know, even you look at the strength of what St. Michael's have, incredible squad, and we say, you know, they can handle missing anybody. But you'd still rather have Jimmy Carr on the pitch, you know what I mean? Even though they have backup and stuff like that, Jimmy mm. Carr has been there, he's done it in so many big games. You always like to see Paul Breen at the back end of the pitch. You know, you can have cover, but your certain players are very much the players who everyone looks at. And I think, you know, in terms of that is Pippi, and that will lift Crumlin. They will be aware of that as well coming down. Um, and, you know, there's no doubt about it. That's, a, that's an integral player for Big Phillip. And the final game we're looking ahead to now is Clamell Celtic against Malahide uh, down in Clamell on Sunday at 2 o'clock. So um, this is a great chance for, for Clamell Celtic here to get into the last 16. Yeah, look, they, they, a home draw is exactly what they would have wanted. Um, Malahide, like a lot of those teams, come from Dublin, playing a lot of their, their games, uh, midweek games under lights, games over in the Dublin AUL under lights on Friday nights, Saturdays and stuff like that. They play a lot of their games on the after one. As such, then, they're very much footballing sides. And Malahide would look to get it down and play. But that's one of Camel Celtic's biggest strengths. So that's a team that will really suit them. Whereas if Camel Celtic were playing someone like Gorey, that are very much back to front and they're going to ask you different questions, like St. Michael's offset plays and stuff like that, that it doesn't always suit them but I think the team coming to the bypass it's going to look to get the ball down and play will suit Camel Celtic but then it's funny the thing we're talking so much about in the build up is player availability my understanding is Roy O'Dowd won't be available for the game due to commitments he has this season with, with Tipperary senior footballers that would be a huge loss for Camel Celtic as well yeah, and he's someone who's been been really impressive with the with the tip footballers uh, to start the season. But he's a, obviously a prolific soccer player as well. Yeah, he's a, he's a guy who plays in the middle of the field for Clamell Celtic, um, and he's very much a old fashioned midfielder. He's box to box. He comes up with a goal and assist in every single game. And again, it's like dipping into the squad, and they've got good players there um, in terms of Keenan Curtin, in terms of Graham Kelly, guys that can go into the middle of the field and do a job. But you always want to have everybody available on a day like that. And Rory's kind of that difference maker for them. He's brother Peter O'Dowd will be there as an excellent player as well but I suppose in a game like that Malahide in a massive FBI game you want to have everybody available to you so if Rory O'Dowd is out it will certainly it will limit Celtic a little bit Yeah so plenty to look forward to and it would be great I'd imagine the draw uh, the, usually the draws are on Monday I'm not sure if you if you know if that's confirmed yet yeah, the word is that the draw will be made on Monday after the last 16 ties. It's always a bit of cloak and dagger with the FBI Junior Cup draw. There's always rumours it'll be done live. There's always rumours it'll just be leaked. But usually for the last 16 draw, it's done live. So we will expect a live draw on Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, so plenty to look forward to. Hopefully there's three temporary teams uh, in that draw and uh, we can look forward to plenty more FBI Junior Cup action across the county. But Barry Ryan, thanks for joining us on Across the Line. Thanks very much, Paul. Barry Ryan there, local soccer analyst, looking ahead to those weekend's FAI Junior Cup ties involving Tipperary teams. Now, just before we take our next ad break, the weekend's rugby this weekend sees uh, Clonmel at home to Middleton in Division 2C, then in Division 2A, Cashel looking to build on their big win over Nina last week. They're hosting Old Crescent, and then Nina looking to bounce back from their loss against Cashel last week. They're up in Greystones uh, for all those games getting under register on half past two tomorrow afternoon. So best of luck to all the Tipperary teams involved in the AIL tomorrow. Also rugby uh, tomorrow in Thoman Park tomorrow evening, Munster taking on Northampton Saints. So obviously all eyes will be on that as well. So plenty of sport happening throughout the Premier County and uh, further afield involving uh, Tipperary players as well. So we're just going to take a second ad break now. When we come back, we're going to be speaking to Samantha Lambert and we're also going to be looking ahead to the weekend's Greyhound Racing. 
And you're very welcome back to the third and final part of Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll, on this Friday, the 19th of January 2024. Now, our attention is going to focus to the latest edition of the Sporting Edge, a series every Friday evening where we look at different sporting issues across the Premier County. This week, we're going to be focusing on retention rates in terms of keeping girls active uh, through the teenage years and the benefits of doing so. And I'm delighted to say I spoke to former Tipperary Senior Ladies Football Captain and All-Ireland winning captain with Tipperary Samantha Lambert who's very much involved with a number of initiatives she gets uh, she runs as well so or she's a part of as well so I spoke to Samantha earlier in the week so let's hear this week's edition of The Sporting Edge The Sporting Edge on Tip FM funded by Commission Naman with the television licence fee Tipperary's Tip FM Great to have you on, Samantha. You're very much uh, heavily involved in this topic, and uh, you're uh, with a number of initiatives through the through ladies football with the Gaelic for teens and uh, the serious support with Lidl. So we'll ask you a bit about about those as, as things go on. But just looking at different statistics of um, you know the the dropout rate from from females playing sport between the ages of thirteen and seventeen. Just some of the statistics I was able to find is that by the age of 13, one in two girls have actually dropped out of sport and um, they're three times more likely to drop out than boys. And, um, do you know, what, why do you think that is with, with girls underage? It's obviously a lot of uh, factors, I'd, I'd imagine, looking, looking in. Yeah, definitely a lot of factors. And um, as you said, those, those uh, statistics are, are quite scary uh, in comparison to the male counterparts where we have girls dropping out uh, by the age of 13, one in two girls dropping out and... Um, I suppose a lot of the research has been done and it's kind of coming back to maybe that they're not having fun um, at train sessions or they're not getting a run at train sessions or um, they're not being supported enough. But um, there is a lot of uh, initiatives in place, especially too I'm involved in there with Gaelic for Teens and the Serious Sports Schools Programme, um, highly invested by, by Lidl there. Um, and both those initiatives are looking at uh, increasing the retention rate of teenage girls playing sports uh, particularly between the ages of 13 and 17. Um, so, look, it's, it's extremely important. I suppose it's my job, and I'm usually passionate about it, to go around and, and try increase that number by showing them what sport has done to me. Um, and we can see from the research as well like that girls that do stay in sport are four times more likely to feel more body confident and 50% feel more supported when they do stick at the, at the, the sport. And... And notice that as well that they're more that eighty percent are more likely to have a positive mental well being, which is really really important um, today. So um, it's 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 those two programs are excellent programs, and as I said, um, it's what they need in order to keep the girls playing sport and just show them the benefits of it. Yeah, that's that's an amazing statistic there, especially the the four times more likely to be bo- to feel body confident. Like that's mm-hmm. obviously a big issue with with young young girls and boys, um, especially, and you know, fifty percent more likely to uh, to or fifty percent to feel supported and eighty percent um, positive mental well being. Like there's there's huge benefits of playing sports. So so getting as much people as possible to continue playing sport is obviously would have huge uh, benefits for, for society, I suppose, in general. Definitely, and I suppose that's why Little have really invested hugely in the, the Serious Sports Schools programme, where 26 schools have been involved or chosen annually over the last couple of years. And um, that, I suppose that programme in particular just using sport kind of to transform the lives of, of young people. And we, the youth mentor athletes, get to 
to share our stories and how I suppose we've become successful um, in our lives and kind of we're just demonstrating to them that that this is what can be or this is what sport can do for you and same with the Gaelic for teens now it's um, sometimes it's, it's more uh, directed towards the coach and education really but the, that that's just as important because the better the coaches are the more interest the girls may have the teen, teenage girls might have and then they might stick at it a bit better so it's just the, the Gaelic for teens like as I said it's just bringing on coaches um, and showing them how to make a training session enjoyable and how to just retain the girls um, that are most likely at dropping off and just to develop the athletic and social skills for girls in, in a safe and nurturing environment. Yeah, no, it's uh, there are two great initiatives. I want to, because, you know, it's one thing knowing the, the statistics and, you know, do, doing that research to start things off, but kind of acting upon them and trying to, to reverse those trends is a whole other issue. So, these two initiatives that you're a part of, as we said, that this serious support with Lidl, this is going into schools and you mentioned that um, you kind of talk through your story through sport and what sport has kind of uh, allowed you to do and helped you through your life. So what is kind of some things that in those workshops you, you would be saying to uh, to students? Yeah, I suppose I'm just bringing them through the, the highs and lows that I've experienced through sport, um, whether that's losing matches by one point or losing county finals or all Ireland finals and the heartache that goes with it and the emotions that go with losing. Um and then of course the highs that, that come with sport as well and all the other benefits of, of friends. But those highs and lows, especially the lows you're trying to um make them understand how dealing with loss on the field can help you deal with possibly hardship off the field in your daily life and um, as everyone knows, you, you you go through ups and downs on and off the field, and I try to to portray that if I didn't have sport, I don't think I'd cope as well um, with events that have happened perhaps off the field. So trying to just get get them to build their resilience really, and um, to realise that you know because we've suffered from maybe a one one point defeat loss, or that I I'm now able to cope with maybe um, something that has happened that that I may not be, would not be able to cope with as well if I didn't play sport. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great initiative. And the the other one that you're part of, as you mentioned, is Gaelic for Teens. And, you know, this is more more so about going into clubs and, uh, you know, uh, centering around the coaches and really coaching the coaches, I suppose, and how to yeah. kind of um, get the right environment, I suppose, is, is how that is, which is very important as well because, you know, it, it, students and uh, can only do so much on their own when, when they go out into the clubs. It's important that the coaches are educated and know that what they kind of need to do to, to keep keep as many people coming as possible, really. Exactly, yeah. It's just educating the club coaches in relation to the, the needs and the interests of the teenage girls and maybe what what some things that they don't realise. Um, I know we deliver webinars as well, coach education webinars of the clubs that are involved and um, we bring it back to the basics, you know, and they just some of them just don't realise that geez that that might be going on in their in their lives, and we just need to take that into account that they're not attending a training session because of this, or they're not they're not attending a training session because they're not enjoying it, and how to make it fun um, at the same time. Um, so it's just providing them, I suppose, with a unique kind of program of activities to to keep those girls and just uh, how to create that safe and nurturing environment because. Um, where they feel most comfortable is where they're going to keep going and where they're enjoying themselves is where they're going to keep coming. So the, the, that element of fun 
is what, what a lot of them crave. So that's important to include that when, when the coaches are planning their training sessions. I know there's always that, that element that they, they need to get work done at the training sessions and that you know, they could be preparing for um, a county championship at that. But at the end of the day, they're still only teenagers and they still need to enjoy themselves. And um, trying to get that across to the coaches is, is one of the, the key elements of the Gales for Teens programme. Yeah, and it's it's so important at that age as well because, like as you said, Joe, especially in the, the underage grades, winning isn't the be all and end all. Well, or it definitely shouldn't be for from a coach's point of view. Just general improvement and and fun is a huge aspect there. But because I feel like if you lose players around that age bracket of of thirteen to seventeen, it's much more harder to to have a player come back later in life. So it's really important to kind of keep them engaged during those ages because once once they get older it, it makes things more difficult and people nearly put up barriers in terms of oh I don't want to go back because oh, I haven't played in years I don't know the girls anymore things like that so it's so important isn't it to just keep as many as possible in that age age bracket still playing Absolutely and I suppose that's why the, the, those two programmes are extremely important and the Serious Sport um, programme invested by Little is actually starting to reach out to clubs now as well this year so um, I think that's hugely important as I said there's just a slight difference between the Gaelic for teens that's coaching coaches really with serious support programme really gets at those those girls and um, helps them with different uh, areas and elements and kind of focuses in on, on key values too like respect recognition so um, it's really focusing in on life skills too and how sport can bring you through those um, and look discussing the likes of, of body image and self-image, he, uh, healthy eating, um, self-talk, positive self-talk. So they're all the kind of uh, topics that I'd be covering with, with those, which I think are extremely vital and, and important for girls to hear about um, from someone, I suppose, bringing me through. Like, I get very very into it with regards to what they're going through at the minute, and we have to be realistic as to the distractions that they have in their lives when they are from 13 years old to 17 that they've a lot going on in their lives and they have a lot of distractions or negative uh, distractions that could take them from football that seem to be more um, attractive in in their life at that point but as you said it's, it's, it's between those ages that we need to catch them and keep them in sport and just highlight the benefits of staying in sport before they actually get um, pulled out uh, because they're, I suppose, summoned to something else or attracted to going to different negative elements of their life. So I just think those two programs in particular are, are really, really important and I'm, I'm very passionate about um, keeping those girls in sport just because of the success and the opportunities that I've got in my um, career playing sport for Bucklogan County um, that I think are just really invaluable. Yeah, but like... Being a teenager now, I can only imagine it is far more difficult than even when when I was a teenager. Let's say because you know social media is so much more a part of the daily life and things like that. And I can imagine it can be quite a, a difficult thing. So just play sport. I even find it myself. You know, if you're having a bad day or anything, and you go off training, and suddenly your your focus is completely on what's on the field. And you know, it's a huge. It, there's huge benefits to sport, and I think those um, that those bits of research ha- have outlined that. So um, it's it's a great uh, great initiatives that you're involved with, Samantha. And I'm sure there's a, probably a lot of um, satisfaction in, in covering them. But we're just going to switch focus just a little bit to the to the inter county scene now. Um, 
Tipperary, of course, getting their league campaign underway this Sunday up in Cavan, uh, 2 o'clock throwing time in Lacken, Tipperary against Cavan in the Division 2 of the league. Um, read a few pieces uh, with yourself there in the last kind of couple of weeks and you, know, you mentioned since retiring that you, you do miss kind of the, the training element and, and being around the girls, but I'd imagine the last few weeks in terms of how cold it's been and pre-season training and all that, it might be uh, might be easier to, to miss a couple of training sessions this time of year. Well, definitely, but I suppose if you, if you ask the girls that it was this is my time of the year that I, I like to shine. Um, I love the hard slog in the, in the dirty, mucky weather, um, getting the pre-season uh, sessions underway and as you said already, you'll never regret a training session. I know the thoughts of it going out beforehand might be um, not so good, but once you have it completed, there's no better feeling than having a really hard session completed in the in the cold or the, or the, the frost. So, um, But no, there has been a, quite a few nights there that I'm, I'm kind of fairly um, content with being, <laughs> being inside and doing my own thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure... Uh, a few more layers are needed for for those training this time of year. So it's it's a uh, cabin, as I said, up in cabin. Tip played a cabin last year in Feathertown Park had a brilliant three thirteen to ten point win. Um, so we'll see how it goes away from home. But uh, the the squad was announced earlier in the week, and um, just reading down through it, the names that that's uh, kind of popped off the page when I was looking at it was Ashley Maloney, Neve Martin, and Anna Rose Kennedy. Of course, three girls that went to Australia last year for the first time to play in the AFLW. Just a huge boost to um, the team, I suppose, and Peter Creedon's side just to, to have those three girls back. Oh, God, yeah, they, they, a huge boost, as you said. Um, that They'll be coming home with a lot of uh, experience uh, coming from the AFL there, um, both mentally and, and physically um, from what they've learned over there and the professional setup. So um, three huge players for tip, and, and they'll, they'll be hoping to, to look at making the most of them while they're um, back home again. So um, I'm sure they, they'll shine for Tipperary this year in the league campaign. And um, as you said, they, they'll be really putting themselves to the test now against Cavan this weekend. Cavan, um, I think, have, have a very much new squad, um, but young young girls on it. But I, if you look at the Tip team, I suppose they're, they were, were quite young too. So... Uh, it'll be an interesting, an interesting match and, a, and hopefully a good start to the campaign for Tipperary. Yeah, because if we look back on Tip's league campaign last year, it was uh, just missed out in a place in the league final on score difference. So, um, you know, this is a, a probably a lot of mo- motivation in the squad and just kept their senior status with that that kind of 21-yard free shoot-off to finish the season last season. So um, they'll be hoping for to to push on another bit this year and maybe get to a league final so uh, here's hoping anyway but Samantha Lambert um, it's been great talking to you on, on those different issues and uh, thanks for joining us on uh, Across the Line Thanks Paul thanks for having me The Sporting Edge on Tip FM funded by Commission Naman with the television licence fee Yeah, it was great to speak to uh, former Tipperary captain Samantha Lambert there on this week's edition of The Sporting Edge. But now, as always, on a Friday evening, it's time to talk dogs with Barry Drake. Tip FM's Greyhound Update, in association with Greyhound Racing Ireland, because this runs deep. 
So we're looking forward to another uh, good weekend of greyhound racing action with so much to look forward to over the course of the next couple of days. Uh, just a note to note that there will be no greyhound racing in Clonmel tonight. That's down through to the uh, very uh, cold uh, spell of weather at the moment. But that meeting has been rescheduled for Monday night. But we're looking forward uh, to Clonmel on Saturday night. Some really good racing action to look forward to. The 8,000 euro to the winner, Royal Kennels Open uh, on race take is always a brilliant event. And plenty of top class trackers um, involved in that. Looking ahead to the opening heat, well, Graham Holland, of course, uh, has a strong hand here. And he'll be expected to get the job done with Swords Hero, who ran so well uh, in defeat on debut. That really was a likeable display. And that's a greyhound with a big future. On to the second heat. Keep an eye on Carrick Kino here for Thomas Glynn in Eden Derry. That's a pacey performer and that looks to have leading claims after uh, an unlucky uh, passage uh, last time on debut. Really did uh, find plenty of trouble in running. Elsewhere, uh, moving on, of course, uh, Liam Dowling has a strong hand as well in the competition. Michael O'Donovan uh, also will be in the mix. But uh, speaking of Liam Dowling, Bally Mac Danica uh, clocked 28.94 in the opening round. That really was one of the performances uh, of the first round. I think that'll be very hard to beat uh, in heat number five, but it's always a great competition. Uh, we'll be talking about many of these youngsters uh, for years to come. Uh, so Clanmail, uh, very much the place to be there uh, on Saturday night. Elsewhere, switching our uh, attentions to Turles, they're also racing on Saturday night. And they've got some good racing action to look forward to. It's all set to get underway there at their usual start time of 7.35. So some good action uh, to look forward to. Uh, one to keep an eye on. Uh, we're turning our attentions to race number six. It's an A6 contest. And I thought Cabra Venom would be hard to beat here for Paddy Scally, uh, the local Turles kennel there. That should uh, go very well. And if you're heading along to Turles, as I said, that is one to keep an eye on uh, there at the Turles Greyhound Track. Plenty of good action to look forward to as well in Shelburne Park this weekend. Uh, switching our attentions to uh, Saturday night's racing action. A couple of real nice sorts in action at the uh, Dublin venue. And uh, very much looking forward to seeing Carrig Aldo uh, in racing action. Um, I think he's a greyhound with a very, very uh, big uh, future. Um, this year I think he's going to win another big competition of course he won the Dundalk Irish Sprint Cup last year he can take all the beating there in race number 11 and as I said he is one that I will be following uh, for the remainder of this year of course he'll be targeted at all the big competitions so if you're into uh, top class Irish greyhound racing he certainly is one to keep an eye on Elsewhere in Shelburne Park, we also have the uh, This Runs Deep A1 550 uh, 575 dual distance uh, competition. And I thought Fate Point Angry uh, would be hard to beat there. And that's one to keep an eye on. Um, elsewhere, of course, as I said, Clonmel, uh, very much the place to be over the course of the uh, next couple of weeks because we will be looking forward to um the um big national coursing uh, festival um this uh we are in a couple of weeks time so uh, there'll be top class racing action um in uh clan mail on the track as well so just a reminder that there is no greyhound racing 
um, at Clonmel uh, track tonight. Of course, the track is still frozen, uh, but tonight's card, which featured the first round heats of the Droopies, Kennels A3, A4, Guys and Doll Stake, and the Born Warrior at Stud A3, A4, Guys and Doll Stake, will now be run on Monday night next, January the 22nd, uh, with a 7.30 start. It's a 7.30 start on Saturday night, as I said, the Ballymac Kennels, uh, New Park, a Stud Constellation Stake, and also the Royal Kennels Open on Race Stake. As I said, Clanmel, very much the place to be this weekend. Barry Drake there looking ahead to the weekend's Greyhound Racing here in Tipperary and further afield as well. So that pretty much sums up all we've got time for on this week's edition of the show. If you're just tuning in and missed out on what we had earlier in the show, we spoke to Thurla CBS manager Eamon Buckley. We also spoke to Enda Tracy from the Tipperary Star about tomorrow's Harty Cup semi-finals. We also spoke to Barry Ryan about the uh, big FAI Junior Cup third or fifth round fixtures with three of the Tipperary teams involved as well. And we also spoke to Samantha Lambert on the Sporting Edge and you heard from Barry Drake there. Uh, it's talking the weekends at Greyhound Racing Action. So the uh, podcast version of this week's show will be up on the Tip FM website and the Tip FM SoundCloud uh, after 7 o'clock. And also after 7 o'clock, Carol Power will be coming up after the news as well. So that's all we've got time for for this week's edition on the show. Many thanks to all my guests and for you, the listeners, for tuning in and we'll be back next Friday evening for another edition of Across the Line. Bye for now.